so starting from when we started i think we were in few cities in india and from there uh, growing to like almost every city at some point of time i guess we were in more than 400 towns and cities in india and now to like like over 50 countries across europe asia north america south america it has been a great journey because for a company that's growing so aggressively you would imagine that there is you know all sorts of money being spent on acquiring customers yeah, i see a lot of friends and family in india at least people are not that uh conservative or maybe uh, not that cautious for downloading a new app relatively maybe sure. yeah while in the international markets i yeah yeah definitely people don't prefer downloading an app if they are not very comfortable with, with the brand but your families with leisure behavior be family was a kind of persona leisure was a kind of behavior which means you might have seven kinds of personas and eight kind of behaviors and this becomes 56 segments Hi and welcome to one more episode of the State of Retention Marketing Podcast. Today is an exciting day for us. Uh, it's a very popular consumer brand that we've pretty much all heard of, and a brand that has been uh, not around for a long time. It's been a relatively recent affair, but a fairly good brand at that. Oyo, I'm sure all of you have heard of this. Today we have with us Nikhil. Thank you for doing this, Nikhil. Thanks. Nikhil leads the online growth for the entire international operation at Oyo, and we spent eight years at Oyo. Yeah, this is yeah. a fairly long time in the company's journey. It's pretty much what uh, since the inception, early days. Yeah, maybe around one and one and a half years. Right? Yeah. The company got started in twenty thirteen, late twenty thirteen. Right. Yeah. So, in terms of the evolution of the business itself, the model, the way you looked at growth, it's been a fairly interesting journey, a very aggressive one. You're pretty much riding, yeah. I don't, a tiger or a soft bank, and like aggressively uh-huh. growing there, right? and then there was a course correction in between and there were some decisions that had to be taken differently would love for you to point out the key milestones in the journey that you've had in the last 8 years you know from your own roles perspective as well as how the company's uh, play looked at at that point so from my journey perspective as i said i started in operations and that time everything was in house as part of our customer service team and like i was i got involved with that team because coming from an hospitality service was pretty critical have set up a bunch of processes there scaled there at that time we also used to see customer service from a revenue perspective because in india people have a habit of calling up for making a booking so that was also a sizable sure. chunk of revenue for us from there we started uh, going omni channel so we started building our offline sales team i've done that for a couple of years and then from there i moved into growth and marketing side so first couple of years it was for india market and then uh, early 2020 i moved into the international side of things uh, so my journey at international completely overlapped actually with the covid thing as well uh, sure. i just uh, moved to international before covid mm. and has been doing that for now two two and a half years so yeah so, so that has been a, a great journey so starting from when we started i think we were in few cities in india and from there uh growing to like almost every city at some point of time i guess we were in more than 400 towns and cities in india and now to like like over 50 countries across europe mm-hmm. asia north america south america it has been a great journey very interesting right and all of 10 years right in effect yeah, yeah absolutely correct yes amazing so from the key milestones within oyo's journey in this course where uh, the step changes happened essentially would you be able to pinpoint some of those for us there were three step changes 
one was around maybe around 2015 when i joined actually that time i was like part of that step change process sure. where we were uh, aggressively expanding across multiple cities in india mm-hmm. before that i think we were only part in in delhi ncr we had a bunch of hotels which were running uh, and it was more like a check of product market fit and once we had there we have scaled it uh, to like more than 200 cities within a span of 6 to 7 months actually wow. so that was one big journey like oyo becoming a household name like we, you can see a oyo property across whenever you travel so that sure. was uh, uh, one big, mm. big piece for us the second i'll say was somewhere around 2019 or 18 sort of a late 2018 early 2019 where we went uh, aggressive on our international uh, expansion again so so that was from a personal perspective as well it was pretty satisfying to see uh, when oyo hotels are in all major locations in our internal whatsapp groups like it was like every other week there are country being launched now oyo in london oyo in new york etc etc sure so that was again a very second important milestone and mm. then third i'll say it was a post covid sort of a thing uh this was no this is now very different from the expansion mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. of things this was more on the consolidation and profitability and how those sort of things we have grown pretty fast and now how to like maybe uh remove the fla- uh, fat and like make it more profitable and consolidate so that was third was a pretty uh, important milestone yeah, i think and that has been for all the companies actually yeah. first you grow and then you just uh, course correct yeah said in fact uh, on that told on the whole uh, cutting the flab and getting yeah. more lean about it uh, we use a term called hyperscaling but responsibly in some fashion and what i heard from a prior conversation nikhil uh, is around the fact that on the customer side of things you were never really irresponsible while you grew really aggressively there's a fairly responsible sort of choices made from a roas/customer acquisition and those components i would love for you to delve into that practice of what it was how it started where it being became let's say a big part of your yeah. uh, everyday affair and then onwards the evolution yeah so from a like has been part of the growth marketing side of things and every uh, there was no conversation or no reviews where let's say cac or any ros was not a part of the discussion it has been always very critical and core to all our acquisition strategy sure. uh maybe a bit of nature of the industry and how we were also culturally we were set up at least on the mm. consumer side of things uh the intent was that within 30 days of install when when a user has been acquired we should break even we we, we should have uh, the ltv by cac with the 30 day ltv by cac that mm. should uh, we, we should break even and beyond that it's uh, let's say the profits which we, which we are making so sure. i'll say uh, and also led by the supply density which we have built that mm. was also uh, driving our repeats as well as our organic growth uh, in in a way because hotels is a physical asset business there is a hotel there is a board and and that itself is a branding which drives uh, acquisition sort of a thing mm. uh so i'll say at that point of time around 70% of our revenue uh, used to come from repeat users and rest 20 more than 20% actually was to organic so it sure. was always less than 10% of our revenue mm. was driven by paid and rest was from repeat plus organic and that is i'm talking about 2018 19 period like where Uh, world was going on steroids yeah 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 correct correct so, so at that time we maintained that in some sense uh, you had a disciplined cap on your absolutely roas, so correct, speaking, correct, not just correct. cac absolutely. and you mentioned 30 day value which means uh, automatically there's a certain degree of pressure on the quality of customers being acquired absolutely absolutely but did that not come in the way of growth at some point or was it always a conscious choice that we are okay to grow slower but controlled not exactly because our 
growth levers were not only customer acquisition mm. supply played a major uh, role even in l- like it was a trickle down effect when our supply sure. grew our consumers also followed okay. uh, accordingly because when we were opening up new cities we were mm. getting mm. certain new acquisitions that time it, I, i'll say the network effect started kicking in uh, a user who is like books only in delhi when we opened let's say a smaller town like a panipat or sonipat so the same user when he travels to panipat mm. and sonipat mm. when he sees that oyo is there he books that as well so 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 that so from a supply perspective that network effect start kicking in on the consumer side as well that was one thing uh which drove things and otherwise uh, some other channels like referrals referrals was a pretty important growth channel for us mm. we have so all those virality around referrals etc because now here we are getting acquisition from our own customers only yeah definitely we incentivize them in terms of discount and some other goodies uh but still that was a very cost efficient channel for us so we have never uh gone berserk on google and facebook sort of thing to be honest yeah which is to be honest a revelation for me in that sense because for a company that's growing so aggressively you would imagine that there is you know all sorts of money being spent on acquiring customers yeah, yeah, correct, correct. and that brings me to the whole side of uh, growth as a organization uh what kind of people set up exist what are the different responsibilities here skill sets here how do you really look at uh, what are the metrics that you chase so let's yeah. get to the people part and we'll get to the rest uh, so on the people side we were always a little mindful of that we were not hiring in in general so not just let's say in our acquisition team it was not that we were hiring pure mm. performance marketers who have just done pure performance marketing like a google geek sort of a guy we have, we have never hired such people it was always someone uh, who has definitely a deep understanding of data uh but who is also has an element of i'll i'll call it maybe a bit of generalist sort of thing mm. who has that overall business acumen and the pnl thinking it's not his life doesn't stop let's say at cac it's not about okay. ki ha ye ye transaction mai le aaya at last click attributions and and my life is done sure. so our thinking and that is where the 30 day roas thinking yeah. and everything came into the picture so the thinking has to be always a overall pnl led and not mm. just about ROIs or CAC, and because uh, what I've seen, this metric uh, in in our thing where maybe the attribution is always let's say a bit fuzzy, so sure. sort, so sort of a thing. If you just maybe uh, hold one team accountable only in terms of attribution, the things won't add up. For mm. example, I'll I'll say uh, a user who has let's say we have acquired through Google marketing, okay. uh that has not transacted today maybe we have sent a push notification our retention team has sent a push notification he has clicked on that uh notification and, and has then made a transaction let's say mm. for example mm. okay now the thing will be at least from a dashboarding perspective because there is a last click paid, paid attribution the uh the acquisition team will also take take it as ki we have got this transaction versus the retention team will also take it that we have sent up the notification we have got this transaction yeah. but at end of the day the company or the business has got only one transaction yep. and it's not two sure. so the thinking has to be pretty holistic in mm. that term so from a kpi's perspective it has always been we have more into revenue sort of a thing and less of any intermediate uh, kpi sort of a thing so that is how uh, we have built built the team definitely there have been one or two subject matter experts maybe at a junior level or at an entry level sure so you have this bunch who is running performance marketing while being cognizant of the 30 day roas who are the other key stakeholders in this game 
so broadly how our team has been divided you can put it in so there is an acquisition team which runs in a way which which is responsible for driving overall traffic both on app and web actually also call center is an important channel for us so a bit mm-hmm. on the call center side as well but mm-hmm. largely on app and web so they are responsible for the performance marketing they are responsible for organic marketing around seo etc mm-hmm. uh, so so those are the things which this team manages uh, then we have a retention team uh, we call it a crm team as well okay. so they manages all the channels basically all the customer communication from uh, email notification whatsapp uh that design team also sits under the retention team because they are the uh, major uh, u- user of the design team but so performance marketing creatives are also in a way yeah. gets yeah. created by this team mm-hmm. this also helps us all the creatives are in sync what they are using on our google platforms or facebook platforms even what we run on our cam- platforms are also completely are in sync right. uh, so this too becomes the important uh, Uh, teams uh, in parallel we also have a small partnership team which are more into the third like from banking partnerships or any other sort of a thing so we have a one or two guy they are depending on the scale and various teams uh we have a, as I, again i said we have a call center team as well so there is a call center operations team as well sure. which uh, uh rolls up to me yes yeah, so what we hear pretty often is this whole aspect of a growth team which does have a you know hand from product and engineering as well because generally speaking when you're trying to set up retention campaigns a lot of stuff is expected to get automated instead of being manual right. yeah and uh, if it's dependent on product which is outside of this unit with a different set of kpis it gets harder how do you address this so definitely i'll not say that uh, it's not hard definitely uh, all the organization goes into that tech prioritization and so we yeah. have a central tech and product team mm. within the central tech and product team there are various product managers for consumer products for patron products basically the owner products the cx side of things everything so while the overall structure of tech and product is independent of this but yeah we we, we do work pretty closely some of the kpis are own jointly they we are part of let's say common reviews at times uh, for example uh, things like platform conversion that's what we'll get to product has a big role to play yeah. here so if let's say uh, all those annual operating plan around conversion and everything we we do joint planning all mm. sort of things but yeah there is a stakeholder you know you did mention nikhil a little bit about uh, the overall scheme of things on how uh, revenue split across different properties maybe a good idea to kind of go over that once because then we'll delve a little deep into uh, how each of those components work so we are primarily a very app driven organization at least in india markets mm. okay So our core home market, which is India, Indonesia, Malaysia, and all that, so our sixty-five to seventy percent of our business comes through our own application, uh, and remaining thirty comprises of our website, our call center, a bit of offline element, a bit of online travel agencies, mm. etc. So, so that's everything combined is thirty percent. But this is more on the India, Indonesia side of business, more, more uh, what we call as INSEA, India and Southeast Asia. Sure. when we see the international side of markets there the equation is a bit different for in us web and app is a 50 50 split for us okay uh, and call center is also sizable so that mm. that's a bit of uh, uh, surprise to me when i started to that market even the people or maybe the kind of uh, customer we deal with like they are more of road trippers and all that so yeah when when they are uh, on the highway they, they they are just comfortable and calling and booking a room so okay. call center is also sizable revenue for us mm. in uk it is like 80% web is there only 20% is uh, app for us and uh, this is web as in laptop web or mobile web 
largely mobile web, but in UK again, laptop web is desktop web is also fairly sizable. Yeah, it's it's meaningful. interesting. In, in all of the market, desktop web is like almost uh, negligible. For I us. would imagine yeah, so. Yeah. But is this to do with the fact that this is a? I mean, in UK, is this a high end property which is not on the go and it's a pre-planned booking? Yeah, visually so, here. Uh, so in UK, it's a pre-planned booking. We mm. get a lot of international travelers in UK. Sure. So again, it's a driven by nature of market. Mm. So when there is a let's say people from peripheral countries, European countries who are traveling, they don't have OYO for that yeah, matter yeah. because we we are not present from a hotels business there. Mm. So they search us on Google and and through our performance marketing. I think they they find us through those things. Uh, so yeah, so the international travel and secondly, it's pre-planned. So in our our booking window. In UK, it's like around 30 day plus. So more than 50 percent of our customers book like before a month. A month in While in India and even in US, uh, 60 to 70 uh, percent of our users book on the same day. You know, so looking at this uh, consumer journey, maybe we can pick up a geography as an example. Let's start with uh, you spent time in India, so I'll pick yeah, that yeah. up as a first step. Uh, is the need of booking, and then I'm going to go search on Google slash. Uh, do I already know OYO, so I'll look for the app, install the app, and then go about this? Or I'll make my first booking from the mobile web, and then if I see it happening more often, I'll install the app? Uh, no. So in our case, uh, so yeah, definitely website is an exploratory channel. We are a lot of users who comes there, they are just exploring maybe a, so someone who is new to the brand. Uh, there also we have all sort of nudges for moving that user to app. We do communicate that you will get better deals, etc., mm. etc. We we do communicate the app benefits to them. Uh, but yeah, but, but having said that, still how the market is, the people uh, do search for uh, our basically OYO app on the Play Store itself and download. So so the user journey is not that they will always start from, or the majority of them will start from web, and mm. then maybe they'll make a transaction, and then maybe from second transaction they move to app. That's not the case for majority. Sure. Then people are comfortable in downloading an app for even so newer the brand brands. is better known. Hence, people know that okay, this is what I want, and this is yeah, probably yeah. what even I, I think. Want. And maybe it's a bit of anecdotal. Mm. When I see a lot of friends and family in India, at least people are not that uh, conservative or maybe uh, not that cautious about downloading a new app. Relatively, maybe sure. yeah. While in the international markets, I yeah yeah definitely people don't prefer downloading an app if they are not very comfortable with, with the brand. India, there are newer brands. I I see apps of various phones of various friends, family, and I, I and I see very new apps in their phones yeah, which I, I, mean, I have even not heard of being. There are D two C brands which have like once in a four months use case, and yeah, they have apps correct, which people seem to install. So you know your category is a tra- need oriented category in some sense, and you yeah. said this is tonight booking, which is a dominant part of the use case, which means. Is there a way to engineer customer behavior or are you like going to just sit, wait and watch what happens? Uh, no. So I'll say over time, actually, we have built a lot. We have not just captured the existing mm. market on the travel or, or even the business travel sort of a thing. We have also created uh, new use cases. Uh, for example, when I said it's a last minute booking sort of a thing. So there mm. are various things around like, like in India, we have people booking on game nights like today's a world cup match or a football match and there are a bunch of three four friends they book a hotel and they stay there sure uh, for example so we i'll say we, we used to do a, a d-day sale it was more like a post 7 p.m liquidation sort of a sale we we call it as happy hours okay uh, and and we have pretty interesting use cases basically consumer inside so on the weekends some of our last minute inventory we position itself as a competitor to any app-based taxi okay you will travel let's say you will pay 600 700 bucks and travel to your home 
there is an alternative you can at the same price just for now you can sleep at an oyo mm. near you mm. uh if you are late at office maybe you are like there till 10 pm 11 pm there's a month ending sort of a thing you can just book an oyo nearby you can stay there and next day morning anyways you need to come mm. uh so so we have also catered to our price points and our density basically the availability has helped us create those sure. demands and that has really uh helped us in maybe a bit of driving those last minute uh, uh behaviors as well so there seems to be a lot of very tactical uh, kind of thoughts which would have its own share of geographic implications as well in some yeah. sense uh and from a communication stack perspective and who writes and how does it get structured is there a lot of automation and triggering involved or is there a lot of intelligent copywriting that plays a dominant role how does this work for you so yeah definitely a lot of automation is there yeah. so our entire trigger journey is like completely automated we do revisit it we, we mm-hmm. do track all the ctrs and everything and when we start seeing a bit of decay we we revisit the copies and what more can be sure. add there so on the trigger side everything is automated on the promotion what kind of triggers would this be because that's where it could always get either a user event trigger or a business event trigger a new property launch in my area could be triggered yeah so so, so here, here by trigger like, i mean it's largely a user action driven trigger sure. like someone has dropped off from a pdp page or someone mm. has seen a city and has dropped sure. off etc etc yeah. those sort of triggers uh, on the promotional side of things there are i'll say two sort of things one is definitely we do schedule our campaigns so it's not mm. completely automated in that mm. sense but yeah we do plan that what are the events which will be coming and, and so we have a a uh, uh, process of making a full month calendar actually okay uh, basis whatever if there are bigger events like like we had fathers day recently let's say there is a uh, rakshabandhan there is a diwali or whatever it is so every month we get one or two events small mm-hmm. big etc and riding on those events basically we do plan our things and and what how we can uh what should i say integrate those event into a travel use case or a hotel use case for that matter and mm-hmm. and that is how uh we do our communication and schedule our campaigns uh, uh definitely copy has a big role to play because that is where the integration around why on a fathers day why i'm sending you a hotel notification sure. it has to integrate that take gift your father a holiday sort of a thing or like or a staycation or whatever those things are. so copy definitely has a big role to play on this things so very simply in broad terms what would be the split of volume of communications between automated triggered versus promotional scheduled uh so if i'll just talk from a per user perspective okay if you have taken an action today uh definitely you will get we will be getting more of the trigger notifications okay. so we are structured like maybe once you drop off we will mm. send you a notification one maybe we will send you after few hours around that and there are thinking around that some around price or offers we communicate price sometimes we uh create try to create some bit of urgency that the rooms are getting sold and those sort of things sure. so if you've taken an action then definitely there are volume of trigger because trigger has better ctr trigger has better funnel so so definitely for us that endeavor has always been there how can we increase the share of triggered notification but yeah sure. there is only, only some so number of people yeah, correct correct so 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 that's the thing and promotional yeah maybe one or two notifications depending if there is a season sort of a thing hmm. or if there is a uh what should i say pressure like i i said it's a 70 80% d day sort of a thing yeah. if like we are seeing 3 pm maybe the booking window is not just kicked definitely we go a bit aggressive on that but yeah we always need to be mindful between revenue and customer experience in that case fair enough and now just in terms of uh, how the communications uh, get segmented and personalized because in some point you're dealing with so many different geographies it's Correct. its own set of nuances yeah. and complications yeah. right 
and if you were to keep segmenting this even by city you have what 400 odd cities to Correct, deal with yeah yeah how do you navigate these situations so we do largely from a behavioral perspective that we have a very diff- so we have uh, like our journeys are like split into let's say for a new user the journey is a bit different mm-hmm. maybe for a repeat user the journey is a bit different we also play with around user persona this is their use cases we have created mm-hmm. certain rules to identify the user persona whether it's like a uh individual business solo business traveler it's like a leisure family sort of a thing maybe it's a, a couple who are just booking for spending some private time etc so we have created those personas based on their past behavior versus uh, uh various user interviews we have been able to identify sure. what type of uh, behavior this user should do and that is what we communicate less on the city piece because it's the Uh, variability on it, it just creates a lot of complexity on things the city piece of the geo things come into play let's say during summer vacations mm. leisure becomes a big thing and then we go let's say for people in north india we try to pitch himachal or in uttarakhand sort of a thing in winters we we'll try to pitch rajasthan or those sort of things during weekends we uh, maybe push on the weekend getaway sort of a thing but otherwise Uh, like i said our again journey is around 70 75% did and it's a very local use case sort of a thing like mm. i said uh, game nights parties etc etc so it's it should always been very local sort of a thing so it's not very nuanced at the city level 365 days a year sure. yeah so you mentioned the persona side of things as yeah. the starting point of the segmentation that determines how you will how many segments will you cut into and what kind of messaging will go yes. so within that segment of course if you know that these are people who've done a game night kind of setup before then they're probably appropriate the next time there's an ipl happening so yeah. that can yeah. kind yeah. of be scheduled in correct, advance correct, and get correct, executed correct. yes but uh, from a expansion of that use case and then you know when you have to let's say proposal himachal would you end up creating a segment for north india and saying that all of you should go to himachal or how does this get slice or cut any further because yeah. what i need to worry about is the moment you start segmenting it gets fragmented and very complex to handle correct correct so we have one like thumb rule sort of a thing when we create any sort of segment the size of the segment should at least be let's say 15 20% of my overall segment otherwise the it's not meaty enough even yeah, if it drives enough value so we don't go to niche on any particular thing mm. so let's say for himachal sort of a thing and we also have a overall frequency capping like sure. if there are users who falls into multiple segments definitely shouldn't be getting too many communication i think this are pretty hygiene things uh, but yeah so again it's a very uh, seasonal sort of a thing for example we will communicate let's say himachal holiday to the entire north india segment during uh, summers okay mm. and then definitely the overall picture around fam so maybe between them the family side of things who have shown uh, leisure behavior before definitely they will mm. get a bit more uh, a, a lot more communications around that but yeah the, the other one will get maybe around not not you said this in a one sentence but you have families with leisure behavior to be family was a kind of persona leisure was a kind of behavior which means you might have seven kinds of persona and eight kind of behaviors and this becomes 56 segments no no w- what i am saying is let's say for uh, the leisure side of things sure. okay so we do create the entire let's say north india segment where sure. we will be pitching the overall uh, leisure or for that matter himachal we will be pitching to everyone but in this segment even those users will come in who have not shown 
who have not maybe booked a himachal for us before okay sure. so it's not that we will be keep on bombarding those users with the himachal thing for yeah, the yeah. O- 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 overall summer vacations hmm. that is not how we do hmm. it it's just then those things come into the picture people who have let's say a daily user we we do have locations we do pick location the user who has booked uh let's say a shimla or any other city for that matter mm-hmm. if you booked shimla this time maybe we'll be pitching you or there are the owner of masuri for that matter then those plays come into the picture this is kind of where i would love to zoom in a little bit nikhil that uh, when you look at somebody's book shimla needs to get this and you have 400 cities it can get fairly complex fairly quickly unless you have some sort of a rule engine running that okay if this then that on a data ah, level correct so i think it's it's also a bit of i'll, I'll say mm-hmm. uh data slash judgment so how sure. how does data comes into yeah. picture for every city for example for shimla we do have data that what are the feeder cities of shimla sure okay we see let's say around for example i'm just making this mm. 40% of our daily users if 100 users book in shimla, shimla 40 are from delhi, from delhi 30 are let's say from uh lucknow 20 are from anywhere else for that yeah. matter so this so this becomes pretty important uh, feeder cities for us and sure. that is the cities where we actually leverage for let's say pushing people for simla when i say 400 cities definitely then the scale things come down so we don't have similar scale in all four of cities course. so definitely uh, the bigger ones is what move the needle and so mm. we'll pitch people for simla we won't push push people let's say for parwanu maybe we have a couple of hotels it's just from a pure play retention perspective now somebody who's just been transacting twice a month we say somebody who's transacted twice a month but now not doing it anymore are these topics that are dealt with within the scheme of things that you have the okay people are going to get their city level notification anyway and that should get whatever response that needs to get so you don't need to do something separately or how do you look at this i'll not say they are not dealt with again this are see very there are only a number of things which you can do at a sure. time so yeah at a, so like during peak travel months definitely this not uh, we 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 do index a bit on on those things but yeah there are separate projects at time which we do run for resecting our dormant users etc hmm. the focus is more on how do we how do we predict that behavior that maybe now this user i am not saying that we are already there sure uh, but the intent is how can we predict that yeah this user might get dormant now or maybe if he has mm-hmm. through certain maybe data science behavior rules now with ai come into the sure. picture and all sort of things how can predict? because we have seen once the user has uh, churn now winning that user back is definitely the meat is not there i'll not say that we yeah, have yeah. Uh, got great success there definitely we have not lost that battle or given up there but yeah i have never seen a huge success in your there. case this would be app uninstall or this would just be stopping bookings or what would this mean both actually so we do track our uninstalls numbers yeah. and then we trigger survey that why people have uninstalled mm-hmm. and all those sort of things and so there is a work stream around sure. that uh, but yeah so at a regular level uninstall is that trigger we get that event mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. th- there is a uh, email set up for that where where users will get it via one install and we get it. it's a free tech sort of a thing so that is always there but yeah uh, when a user has stopped uh, maybe even opening the app or transacting mm. those layers mm. we do see as an l2 l3 usually when people have stopped making a transaction uh, most of them usually uninstall the app at that time yeah and this might have to do with their uh, lack of need or a negative experience or some of those related multiple factors. thing definitely negative experience one thing lack of need is definitely there at times we are also the culprit there are too much notifications comes into the play 
but um, you know so this and in the mobile app ecosystem if you were to you really talk about the engagement with the application the whole monthly active users daily active users is that a metric that is of relevance yeah yeah absolutely so daily active users is like uh, bread and butter like every yeah. day the first thing when i start my day the first thing is like d minus 1 we see mm. what was the traffic mm. what was the conversion what is the number of transactions which we have got and definitely the resultant revenue from that so that is like the first thing so daily active user is pretty important that is where the mm. things start monthly active users definitely it is important we have in our dashboards but i'll not say that uh, uh, we fret too much over it we are yeah daily active user is what something is pretty important oh wondering about if abandons and the number of times the users open the application to look for something and then he's not made a booking would that be an indicator of how many needs and opportunities existed in if out of them you got let's say 40% then that's an indicator of your wallet share is that a Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what percentage of users who are coming onto our PDP page, and then mm. how many of them are booking with us? Yeah, definitely, that is something uh, pretty important thing. Sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, from a immediate uh, actionable idea perspective, yeah, we mm. do get in data. Let's say forty percent of users have abandoned their journey and sure. have not ended up making a transaction. Mm. And then we have rules that what are the various things on a PDP page? Why people might not have booked? Largely, we have seen it's around. uh pricing sometimes around payment flexibility is becomes a very important thing because that is the type of clientele we uh deal with the types of ratings and reviews and all sort of things so those are some of the things which we do that what are the properties where this cases are happening more mm. where people are coming and then maybe they are dropping off mm. uh and then yeah definitely we take care of that but yeah so there is no such uh, uh survey or anything of that perspective like pretty if an x user have dropped off and why it has dropped off that uh data doesn't fit into it sure. at, a, at a particular user level yeah yeah good man so you know so there is uh, the tactical side of understanding the implications of these drop offs okay okay these are the five possible reasons yes. and you might take qualitative stances on fixing Correct. those topics yes. at whatever levels and on the other side you have a fairly tight follow through mechanism to recover that Correct. Right, so I'll come to this whole part of when you look at retention and you look at user engagement components. These are ultimately interventions you make in order to get a guy back in yes, some fashion. Yes, if yes, he's transacted, yes. then more transactions. If he's not transacted, then that Correct. transaction. Yes. Right. So from that lens, and you have a funnel which is the whole Tart funnel, PDP, yep. and onwards. Yeah. Yep, yep. Could you help us run through that funnel and what are the different interventions you make to optimize that whole flow? So see from a PDP side whenever we see the single most important thing which leads to significant delta is mm-hmm. our payment flexibility we sure. how we have built our businesses around its pay at hotel business you make a transaction you don't need to pay anything mm-hmm. right now and you directly pay while checking at the hotel and that is you can pay via cash card whatever basically for us it's like cash at hotel what we call it but this automatically means free cancellations or does it not it means free cancellation in a way yeah yeah so this is like the most important and loved usp if i'll say for our type of client automatically a bunch of casual bookings or not really it do but yeah we have that time inventory management sort of things that yeah so we have if someone is booked with us there is a process that after few hours for a d day booking we do check with them that whether you'll you be coming in. or not mm-hmm. so we have those processes we have seen that conscious calls have already been made so mm-hmm. first we have definitely we try to push prepaid that yeah users yeah. because that has again solves a bunch of problems for us uh, mm-hmm. uh, but we have seen from a net net revenue level when we push pay at hotel basically when when you find gives that payment payment flexibility that is our user loved us basically mm-hmm. uh, i'll say when we push prepay like uh, force prepay what we call it as that we there is no way you can 
book a paid hotel booking our conversions drop to 1/3 of where wow. it is currently today uh well, this is also might have to do with the genuineness of the booking right yeah Are, so so no is there so, a lot of cancellation rate in the yeah definitely one? so what we measure is what we call a c cross r that is conversion multiplied by realization that is okay. how what percentage mm-hmm. of users who have created and so that is what the metric so c cross r for post pay booking is still significantly better than those of pre pay bookings ah okay so which means that it's okay to let people pay at hotel ah, absolutely it's that kind of benefit and it's significant it's not mm-hmm. just incremental it's significant for us so we do push for pre pay but that's a bit on the optional side of things uh, and and there are certain rules when, sure. when we see any what should i say fraudulent sort of a behavior or during peak seasons when our inventory is about to get sold out if used demand again like for leisure locations what 31st december night and all sort of things then it's fine we we, we do this have to do with the when you say fraud behavior that might be a cohort of users which is demonstrated that correct correct so, so when I we see this would change for that segment yes, and not yes, anywhere else yes yes so it's like it's like a user cross property sort of a thing when mm-hmm. we try to push prepay if okay. a user who has let's say booked five times again i'm mm-hmm. making up this number mm-hmm. is booked five times and yes never ended up staying with us so so we we do and there is a rule through automation this users are now shown prepay properties forever this yeah. sounds pretty simple yeah. but i can understand the complexity of how the data flows behind this work would you be able to break this down for us as to where is this segment of fraudulent users created is there a rule which says that people who stayed or booked five times but never really stayed get classified under a high risk user group yeah. and then that goes back into a system which is doing the sorting algorithm or filtering algorithm right, of what properties right, should right, them right right correct and i mean this is still a part of the product itself i would yeah, imagine it's so completely part of the product it's, it's completely part of the product mm. we we have built this flow with the help of our product teams actually mm. uh, so we identify and, and definitely the optimization around that is definitely we always do that what percentage of user that 5 should be the right number or 4 should be the right number and a lot of data mm. thinking and everything goes around that but yeah so this is how we try to save the inventory and and make it sellable for the users who are more i'll call it as maybe serious around the sure. use case sort of a thing uh, so so those things so that's only one lens now and that opens up the whole possibility of which other customer segment led behaviors tend to get personalized in the application again because you said that people have a high chance of not coming through might not see pre, uh, pay at hotel yes. but that's just one use case yes. are there several such use cases which are then gotten uh back to the product team to have a more segmented kind of app experience yeah so we have tried various things some of them so so once we have tried also around the visibility of our offers etc or what type mm-hmm. of default coupon should be there there are people we have seen who comes to our pdp page and drops off and maybe uh we have identified if we show like there, there is a uh tray the, the coupon tray basically where where people needs to apply a coupon sure. and there is no coupon which is visible there there mm. are a segment of users who drops off from there sure. and they comes across okay there is a coupon called tray uh, there must be some coupon somewhere which i have not been able to see and then they have gone and maybe seen through various deals on mm. various coupon mm. websites and all sort of things mm. and in that case we end up losing some bit of conversion as well because now the journey is not well well there is definitely a segment of users who are not that offer sensitive i'll call sure. it maybe chahiye i i'll just need to say tonight to le lenge so when those uh, sort of thinking has come there so people mm. through this rules people who have shown such behaviors in past uh, who is like very coupon lover sort of users yeah definitely for them we do uh, in, in in that coupon tray itself we have created that there they will see coupons etc so that yeah there that need for coupon gets uh, solved there only so definitely it comes with 
few people we who were anyways booking without coupon they also some percentage of them end up using the coupon, so but okay. that's fine again you know, everything the father more interested here is the whole amount of engineering heavy lifting that needs to keep coming in motion one to set this kind of stuff up right. and two every time you need to make a change you probably have to write a jira ticket and somebody has to make this happen right uh, so at times a lot of things do happen in a modular way hmm. which means uh, our data science team which is data science team do uh basically the analytics team which i just said a lot of things have been done by codes written through them and and because that's the it's like a modular sort of a thing sure so we have created the code the mm. analytics team has created the code is the setup has been done through the product team but those things that maybe we do some bit of minute changes around out of may not be five we need that to move mm. that number to mm. three and those sort of configurability are there at our end Also, our configurability is yes, yes, so then. Yes, I mean, a certain amount of front-end interfaces would also have to be included as part correct, of the offering. Correct, correct, correct. Yes. Hmm. But that's kind of what where I mean, I don't know. Some level of build versus buy gets involved, and if you have external solution to be able to solve this for you, you might not want that dependency in product because obviously they have twenty other things. Correct, to correct, correct. So build versus buy is definitely a discussion for a lot of things sure. of a marketing automation. For there are a lot of things which we can actually. uh buy but we have built but yeah the depending on a lot of, of things course. maybe we will do take those calls at different things hmm and at this point from a scale perspective uh, whatever you're doing is there something which you like on the fence of building in some sense as part of the marketing structure i mean there's attribution there is 30 day rewards yeah i don't know if the dashboards of where these things are like really readily available or have you built something custom around this no so dashboards are pretty readily available mm-hmm. uh, we have those uh, tools etc internally some of the things which currently we are I'll, i'll put it as a problem statement i'm not just talking about a software as such something which we are trying is how can we get involved more in the post purchase journey when i say post basically in stay hotel experience sure. there, there is a lot of touch points there yeah. where people are actually uh, visiting the hotel staying mm-hmm. in the product there is a lot of uh, what should i say uh, opportunity around maybe so one user has booked maybe there are at least two or three or four people they have traveled mm-hmm. for me only one user is the customer right now but the other two three people maybe who has traveled with the group sure they might have used cases which is beyond this group travel maybe they also have solo traveling etc etc mm-hmm. how can i capture those users around it and currently we I'll, I'll say that is a big agenda on uh, my charter right now. Uh, we have been doing certain uh, hacky stuff right now, doing some bit of experiments. But yeah, that is something which is pretty important, and we are figure, figuring out what's the best way to uh, scale this up. And definitely, a lot of product thinking is also going into it. I would imagine a lot of it would end up circling to product. So Nikhil, as a growth professional who spent a meaningful amount of time with a unicorn, which has had a fairly aggressive growth pace. What's been um, you know top three learnings that you've had over these years? Ah, uh, I'll some of bit I'll say are pretty cliche. You might have heard that yeah, definitely that understanding the consumer need is pretty important. How deep can we go there, and and that can be on various things. It's not just ah uh, uh, what specific problems our product solve for that you uh, consumer that is, and how can we use that learning on everything. Hmm. that is not only in our marketing communication but how can we integrate with our service team how can we integrate with our supply team and can just be that torch bearer of the consumer think it's uh, hmm. that yeah this is what our consumer needs and a lot of time retention team things only around let's say marketing automation and adjust and all sort of things uh, sure. but i think uh, in true sense maybe the scope is they should be the torch bearer of the customer as i said so they should be thinking around the overall product experience how can 
let's say just for example forget about uh, the travel industry for any consumer goods industry the retention team should also have a say on the packaging of that product that is a very important touch point really okay uh, so that is what the overall thinking uh, mm. from retention or an overall growth professional how can we uh, see the overall touch points of a consumer not only restricted to a very marketing automation or let's say a google facebook side of things for that matter and and that has been will will gives you uh, exponential yeah, results a lot yeah. of empowerment and i wonder if most ceos would see this in that light immediately but sure uh-huh. Awesome. So, well, then uh, the last question: What keeps you excited as a growth professional today? Uh, creating impact on the consumers. If I see anything, any initiative or anything, basically, which me and my team has done, and that creates any impact in consumers, maybe it, it can be any notification which we have sent, many any sort of campaign which we have done, let's say, and let's say when I see some people engaging with that, liking that, and maybe and and that is that that gives me. I'll say goosebumps. Yeah, this is what we conceptualized, and people liked it, and it's created some sort of uh, impact in their life. And if something gets some bit of traction, people get talking about it. I meet some friend, and they say, "Ah, uh, maybe they are talking about some initiative which our company has done, and maybe they have taken a note of it." I do take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Awesome. So for all the inputs you've shared today, Nikhil, I'm sure you'll have some friends reaching out to you and saying thanks for sharing these insights. Thanks. From my end, this has been a very, very interesting learning conversation. I'm quite impressed by the level of maturity that you've already crossed over. I think the most interesting bit about optimizing for the 30-day ROAS instead of first thing a little CAC. Yeah. So thank you for doing this, Nikhil. I had a great thanks. time. Thanks, thanks, Ankush. Same here. Thank you. So that was one interesting conversation with Nikhil. He's had an eight-year journey with Oyo, which is quite a long journey for a company which itself is 10 years old. And we've obviously all seen the kind of scale Oyo has achieved. For me, a few things that really stood out, which were interesting, is the fact that while Oyo has grown very, very aggressively, they've never lost sight of the discipline on the customer acquisition side of things. So a lot of investment has actually gone on the supply side of things and not on the customer demand, which is a revelation for me in some sense. Also, what stood out for me was the fact that they chose performance marketers who did not just understand the channels, but also had a certain level of business acumen to look at. A 30-day ROAS is a metric, which essentially means that it's not just the install of the application or the first booking, which is an outcome KPI, but also how well people are repeating after their first instance. So that's an important insight which a lot of people tend to miss while they're trying to optimize for CAC and just ROAS at the first transaction level. So that was an insightful conversation for me, and I hope all of you got to learn something out of it as well. Thank you so much for the listen.